we are back. Welcome, everyone. I am Julius, and I am your conductor, your chaperone, your parent to the prom. That prom is definitely Justice League by Zack Snyder. We are on the journey to the Snyder Cut. And as most of you have been watching daily know, I've had plenty of guests, people who are passionate about talking about film, but specifically comic book films. More specifically than that, DC the DCEU. And I'm here to talk about a very special film with a very special guest. Now, who are you? Who, who am I speaking to? Hey, what's going on, Julius? Dude, thanks for having me on. I'm Leo, guys. Welcome, welcome. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. Good to talk a little bit DCEU, mm-hmm. which I think gets a little bit of unfair backlash. So it'll be nice to just talk a little DC, a little positive. Mm-hmm. Talk a little Aquaman, dude. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Like, I'm, I'm ready to collab. I'm ready to chat. <laughs> Well, uh, you are on the Geekly Goods podcast on YouTube. You've been doing it for a couple years at this point. And uh, one thing I noticed about uh, your your YouTube uh, presence is that you do have this very upbeat energy, positive energy to it. it I was kind of taken aback uh, because <laughs> you, you were just like so... You obviously have a deep love and you have a lot of fun when talking about this stuff. Right. Oh, absolutely, man. Like, I, I just love it. So, yeah, I started Geekly Goods back in 2018 now, mm-hmm. 2018. And uh, it actually started out, I started out blogging first, and then I just started a YouTube channel. And once I started YouTube, I was just like, man, making videos is fun. Like, ta- <laughs> actually, like, talking about it is super fun. Mm-hmm. And for about a year now, I would say, once the pandemic started, I really started picking it up more seriously. And it's just been a fun journey ever since. I mean, I talk latest in movies, Marvel, DC, a little bit of anime, a little bit of gaming, TV shows. And it's just a pleasure, man. Like, I, I've enjoyed meeting you and Angel over mm-hmm. here at the Goat Movie Podcast. I see you guys making that great content, man. <laughs> so it's good to be here. It's good to talk a little DCEU. And, you know... It's been a it's been a ride with the DCEU. I can't right. lie. There's been some shakes <laughs> on the ship, but it has still been fun nonetheless. I mean, I would call this one of their better movies, especially after this nice recent we rewatch I've had. Dude, it it was really good. Like I actually just watched it this morning in preparation. And I I I, I finished it at one o'clock and I was just like, man. What a ride that was. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I got to tell everyone, uh, the reason why I know Leo to be a professional is because, like me, he got himself some tea. He knows Sir. he knows that this can do a number on the voice. So, <laughs> so mm, of course, we have to, you know, hydrate. Um, I really appreciate everything you said, and I appreciate everything you do. I saw you on the uh, podcast you did about Spider-Man. You had my co-host Angel on, and you also had uh, Real James on, who's a really nice guy, who I got on uh, talking about Shazam in another video. So I look forward to that. Uh, you And you guys were just having a good – you were talking in the way that we all talk <laughs> about this stuff, you know, about the first Spider-Man film. And I saw that. I was part of that live chat, and I was like, man – I, I want to talk to this dude. I want to see what's going on with him. And and here we are. We're going to talk about the movie you watched today in preparation. <laughs> Aquaman with Jason Momoa and a whole bunch of other castmates. Uh, look, look at this. Look at this picture right here. See? 
This is all you need to say. <laughs> man, there he is. <laughs> Our boy. <laughs> uh, my man. <laughs> man, I, I before we get into the, the real minutiae of this conversation, I just want to say, look at that suit. So good. I mean, just this looks like Aquaman in the comics. And that was one that was one problem I had among many with Justice League is I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, he doesn't look like Aquaman. He doesn't right. have to hide it. Like, what's going on? <laughs> they they said it right. James Wan said, fear no more, everybody. We are getting you your Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> and here he is, man. Well, you brought up Justice League and Aquaman and Justice League. Obviously, we are leading up to the Snyder Cut, as it were. Uh, establish how you feel about this whole Snyder Cut movement, the film itself. Uh, what do you feel about it? So I got to admit, man. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I love my Marvel. And <laughs> so I was one of the people that thought when Justice League came out and I saw Justice League back in 2017, I thought, okay, this is it. You know, this, this is the Justice League we got. little unfortunate. I admit I wasn't a big fan of the movie. So I was just... I was a little heartbroken. I was a little right. heartbroken, man. Having grown up, watched the Justice League cartoons, read some of the comics, mm-hmm. and really enjoyed DC as well. I, it really, it really hurt. So yeah. I, I've <laughs> done the journey of the DCU with Aquaman, Shazam, two great movies that were just. I was like, wow, they they made these movies, but Justice League, what? <laughs> so when the Snyder Cut was announced, holy smokes, extremely excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to Fandome and I saw that first trailer and I got to admit, I didn't know what to think. I was a little bit mixed about it. I was like, ah, this feels a little weird. Mm-hmm. But the closer it gets, the more excited I get. And I pick right. and tease with my friends all the time. I'm like, ah, Marvel's going to be better. You guys already know Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh. <laughs> At the same time, I'm still going to watch and enjoy that Snyder Cut, man, because, mm-hmm. man, it just felt like a cut a dagger to the back to get that that first Justice League. So I am excited to see what Zach is bringing to the table and to see the Justice League most likely how they were meant to be presented in the movie universe. So I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I always pick on people though. I'm always like, ah, Snyder Cut, Snyder Cut, whatever. But I, <laughs> down to my core, I am definitely so excited, man. Like, I can't wait. Yeah, well, you brought up the that first trailer you saw during DC Fandom, and you weren't a hundred percent certain about it. What what was missing? When I saw the trailer, it kind of looked a lot like the same Justice League. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this looks a lot like the twenty seventeen. Not a ton of new scenes. Obviously, Dark Side ended up coming in another teaser, right. so that got me a little bit more prepared. But when I saw that, I didn't like the Hallelujah. I didn't really like the trailer much because it didn't really have a ton of new footage. Right. So I was just a little, and, and a couple of friends I had live streamed it with were very disappointed. So the energy rubbed off and I was just kind of like, ah, not really into it. But right. the, as I said, the closer it gets, the more I realize this is going to be a better Justice League than what we got back in 2017. So I am so excited. And I wonder... I kind of wonder if there's going to be more. And, you know, I, I do applaud the people who very much pressed for the Snyder Cut because, as we know, this was a movement. This was right. daily Twitter posts, daily signatures, petitions to get the Snyder Cut. And it finally happened. I mean, HBO Max came out and they were they did not sleep. They were mm-hmm. ready to go. Boom, let's get it going. 
And I applaud those. I applaud those people. Some of the drama yeah. is what it is, but I am still so very excited, man. Like I, I admit, I'm excited. I don't even need an early screener or anything. I'm just gonna be there as soon as it drops, ready to go, man. I know. I, you know, it, it's funny because it, I agree in that w- that first trailer. I was like, okay, well, I was hoping for something new. This last trailer we got showed quite a bit of new stuff. You know, there's a completely different direction. And uh, we will talk a bit more about it by the end of this discussion about how this ties in to the world we have. Because we have films post-2017 Justice League. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely going to get more into that. But there's a lot of Aquaman in in these trailers, which obviously is the topic of discussion for this podcast. And and I just got to say, when it comes to Aquaman, uh, I wasn't completely sold on Momoa when I first heard him casted. But when I saw more of him and when I saw him more in his own film, I was like, I, I said it. I said the word. I said, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help it. Um, my man. <laughs> my man. <laughs> I, you know, I like he just was having a lot of fun. And I'm like, you know what? I, I can loosen up a little bit. I can just, you know, why am I, why am I shrugging my shoulders? Let me just, <laughs> you know, um, before we get into the conversation about the film itself, I want to establish a little bit about the character. Uh, we have the first appearance of Aquaman in comics, which is in More Fun Comics number 73. Ironically, there's a picture of Dr. Fate <laughs> on the cover uh, who will be showing up in Black Adam, I believe it is. Yes, uh, sir. Yes, yes. So obviously he's been around for a long time, Aquaman. Uh, you have a very classic golden age cover right here. You got the specter in the corner up there. You got Dr. Faint and everything. He's been around for quite a bit. And then when Aquaman started becoming more prominent within our pop culture, uh, you couldn't help (laughs) but bring up a lot of the jokes that have been made about Aquaman (laughs) in pop culture. Uh, Let me just show this funny picture I found. I mean, obviously, <laughs> there, there, there are plenty <laughs> of places to make funny and jokes that are funny about Aquaman. How did you feel about Aquaman before his cinematic debut? Oh, man. I mean, I loved Aquaman. It's like I discussed with you before the cast. I loved Aquaman in that Justice League cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I also loved him in the that classic orange and green <laughs> that he's got on there. But you're right. He has been a character that has been kind of, you know, pokes fun at Mermaid right. Man and Barnacle Boy from SpongeBob. Complete <laughs> rip off of Aquaman. <laughs> so he's had his journey through pop culture, but I've always really liked the character. And I remember, I remember back in middle school and early high school, People would always make fun of Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Oh, he just talks to fish. How was that helpful with Superman and Super Strong? And you got Wonder Woman and Flash can run. And I'm like, come on, don't make fun of Aquaman. And he, he actually, I, I would fair to say him and Batman actually had the better New 52 runs. I didn't oh, yeah. really read a lot of New 52, but if I read any of them, it was the Aquaman run, a little bit of that, and also mm-hmm. some of the Batman runs. And they had the better runs because I, I wasn't a huge New 52 fan, but right. I did like those runs. You know, I completely agree because, uh, well, I think Scott Snyder wrote Batman, uh, the, the main Batman book in the New 52. Yeah. 
And you had Jeff Johns who did his own Aquaman book with Ivan Rice doing a lot of the artwork, which this is an excerpt from. I uh, noticed. <laughs> which I, I really like this book a lot. Uh, I did kind of fall off a little bit as the, the art changed um, because I, I love this artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, it was So it was this and Batman for you when it came to New 52, right? Yeah, yeah. Those were the two New 52 prominent ones. A little, little bit of Shazam as well, but... Mm-hmm. Man, I, I really like that Aquaman run. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely feel the influence of this run specifically on the film we got. I mean, you get the trench in there. You get Mara's powers very much influenced uh, yeah. by the artwork in this book. Uh, you just get it all. And it, I think, I mean, Jeff Johns is obviously a producer. So he's like, okay, you're going to do it this way. This is how you do it. This is how you make the movie work. <laughs> just like my book. <laughs> just like my book. Or, uh, you know, wait, Rebirth, it's coming soon. All right, let me write everything I can in, in the Aquaman book. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was really funny when I was just looking up Aquaman jokes. This was when. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh no, Aquaman! <laughs> Damn surface dwellers and your Pepsi. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, th- this I thought was really funny. And you can't help but see some of the jokes on Family Guy, which I, back when I was a kid, I, I, I dug Aquaman and I was like, curse you, Family Guy, you're making, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what this character can do, man. You don't know. You can summon the Kraken. <laughs> Let's get the Kraken. Uh, <laughs> which I think actually did happen later on in the Aquaman series uh, by uh, Jeff Johns. <laughs> Every time the Kraken appears, you just know this is Aquaman right here, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I, and one thing I also got to bring up. I just have to bring up. I don't know if you've ever watched Entourage, uh, Leo, but there was a point in Entourage where they made a <laughs> James Cam- they oh made a series arc where it was James Cameron directing an Aquaman film with the main character Vincent Chase as Aquaman, and it grossed like it was the highest grossing film of all time. Uh, and I felt like this was a f- a, a more uh, <laughs> a more good spirited joke. Uh, but obviously taking some fun at Aquaman because it's like, oh, Aquaman's going to make all the money in the world cinematically. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. But then, you know, reality kind of imitated art a little bit when his movie came out, you know. Holy smoke. So I didn't know about this. <laughs> I totally thought that this was the Aquaman pilot that came out alongside Smallville. Oh, with Justin Hartley? <laughs> yeah. That one episode pilot, man. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't make it too far. Oh my god, I forgot about that, dude. That's that's hilarious. It, it, it's funny that it was okay, so we have Smallville where Justin Hartley's Green Arrow over here. We have Alan <laughs> Richardson or uh, Richson as Aquaman. Let's get another show with Green Arrow starring as Aquaman. As Aquaman? <laughs> like what? I don't know what you're talking about. I like Justin Hartley, but I think he works perfectly. I, did you watch Smallville? Not a lot. I, okay. I watched a couple episodes, but I knew about him being the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see any of it? Oh mm-hmm. man, Leo, dude, he is <laughs> he is actually great. I think as Green Arrow, like he's gets the 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 wit down, the charm, and uh, Alan Richson, who's a hawk on Titans right now, and was Raphael in the most recent Turtles films, uh, plays Aquaman, and he's he's pretty good in it as well. 
Hmm. So that's a recommendation. Do your do your homework, man. Come on. Ah, man. I don't know if I can do Smallville. You know how long that is. Woo-wee. How many yeah. seasons is that? About 12? It's 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I actually did that during uh, quarantine. And uh, when it first started, quarantine was first starting, I was like, you know what? I got Hulu. Smallville's here. Angels told me about it. Let's do this. You know? That's some dedication right there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love Superman. I, love I hear Superman. it, bro. I hear. It. You know, I did that a couple of years ago with the Arrowverse. Got all oh, caught up. Like, what shows? I went through Arrow, went through Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. That was back when they when Legends was in season two. So I think this is like three seasons ago. But that's back yeah. when Arrow, when uh, Legends was in season two. I went all the way through all of them. Damn. Kind of saw the downfall. Uh- <laughs> Well, hey, man, at least we got Superman and Lois now. I mean, yeah, which what you think, man? What are you thinking of that so far? I'm I need to I wish I was wearing a jacket and a Superman shirt. Underneath. <laughs> That's Boom. how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> season th- or, uh, season one, episode three coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, man. It, it's good so far. So Aquaman course uh let's talk about the premise of the film obviously a it's not too complicated uh after the battle with steppenwolf the reluctant hero arthur curry is approached by mara of atlantis who asks him to come to his home under the sea to challenge his brother Orin for the crown before an all-out war begins between the oceans and the surface so they're obviously taking in a lot of elements from different comic runs uh one of which was the uh uh, the, was it at the throne of Atlantis? Was that one of them? Do you, do you uh, I don't there, recall? I wish okay. I knew more, more uh, Aquaman comics. <laughs> okay. That was throne of it. Yeah. It was throne of Atlantis in new 52, where it was this event where it was the Atlanteans invading Aquaman had to work with the justice league oh, to broke a piece. Man, I remember that. Oh yeah. It, and the artwork is pretty stellar in that book. So I recommend that to anyone listening. Uh, if you want to see a cool Aquaman story, there you go. Uh, so what do you think about when you hear, okay, we're getting the surface versus the uh, earth people. <laughs> Aquaman's <laughs> getting the throne. He's challenging for the throne. What do you think about when you hear that? Oh man, I like it because this is this is Aquaman's story. And that's where I was confused in Justice League. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. what, what are we doing here? Because I, I didn't know where he was in his journey. Right. Until about mid-movie, and then I was like, okay, when he had that kind of small piece with Mira, Mm -hmm. which it was kind of weird in the movie where it seemed like she was a a surprise presence a little bit. Like, it kind of almost felt like a first interaction in the movie, but they had interacted before. But, I mean, this makes sense for Aquaman's story a lot more than throwing him in the Justice League. I kind of thought Aquaman should have came before Justice League. He should have been the king already, but... Yeah. yeah, man, I was ec- I was ecstatic. I mean, as soon as I heard about the Aquaman movie, a lot of people were like, "Really, Aquaman?" Re-? And I'm like, "Yeah, Aquaman." Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to go as well. I feel like that this story works very well. I watched your review, and you brought up how it was very similar to something like The Lion King or uh, Kimbo the White Lion, which based was the basis for the Lion right. King. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was a really uh, good point because we've seen elements of like Hamlet and in, in storytelling since Shakespeare's time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like that, yeah, that that's a very 
different but cool direction to go with uh, when it comes to this character. It reminded me a lot of uh, Thor and Black Panther and some of the story elements. Yeah, okay. It's very much, um, and why related to Lion King, and, and that was a good point to bring up both Thor and Black Panther is because you have the responsibility of being a monarch bestowed right. upon somebody who in Aquaman's case, he doesn't think he even deserves it. So people like Simba and Thor definitely are just not at the age and wisdom to where they could be a king. Mm-hmm. Whereas Aquaman doesn't even believe he deserves to have the crown, doesn't even want the crown. Yeah. But he still has this large responsibility to get it in order to unite the sea and the land. Yeah. Uh, a war that has been going on for centuries that has to be stopped. So it's such a cool, like just such a cool story to follow mm-hmm. some guy who just feels like an outsider, feels like he doesn't belong there, but is the king of the sea. He is born with that birthright through yeah. his mother. And it was so cool. I like the monologue at the beginning and the end. My mother and father were never supposed to meet, but mm-hmm. their love saved the world. Yeah. What a cool, like, what a cool <laughs> premise, man. Yeah. Well, I, I love that the story really is uh, about potential because mm-hmm. uh, Arthur does have the potential to unite uh, the rest of the world with the oceans in a way that, I mean, obviously we, we do take advantage of the ocean, you know, in real life, you know, dumping stuff. Uh, there are plenty of whales that could just be cool, but they are a product at certain points of the world. I mean, uh, it, I love that this is about potential, you know, and unity in that way. Um, it reminds me a lot of the potential and that was brought into uh, Black Panther, you know, where Black Panther is very, uh, Wakanda, <laughs> Black Panther, the nation. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wakanda is a place of uh, self-isolation, you know, cuts itself off from the rest of the world and, and mm-hmm. kind of looks down on the rest of civilization everywhere else. I mean, but which is fair when you look at their civilizations, like, wow, that's, that's actually pretty nice. And I like that uh, Atlantis is kind of like that except it does it is more uh militant you know what i mean Mm -hmm. how how do you feel about that um yeah they got the military might that's for sure yeah Uh, (laughs) what i what i really like about this movie is just like black panther it feels self-contained and Mm -hmm. that's something that i applaud dc for in their films they actually self-contain their stories a lot more than marvel does because Marvel always kind of has the needle in the haystack every movie where, you know, there's ca- characters connected, character at, up to this point, you know, you, you get references from so many movies and that's cool and all. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. the MCU. But what I like about DC is, and especially this movie is just, it stays focused on Aquaman's story mm-hmm. and it stays focused in Atlantis. You know, he's not... He's not get, jumping on a phone call with Batman. Like there's there's no, really no interaction with any other Justice League character in this film, mm-hmm. and that's what I love so much about it is that we can focus on Arthur and his personal journey to overcome his doubts and become the king of Atlantis, the king of the seas, yo. Yeah. And Atlantis <laughs> looks so beautiful. Oh, I yeah. mean, they did a hell of a job on Atlantis even just down to the details of the flowy hair while they're underwater and the tech and how beautiful it looks you know Marvel did a great job with Wakanda and DC did a fantastic job here with Atlantis 
it looks believable. It looks real. And it yeah. just flows so well. The colors are wonderful with all the bright greens and purples and blues. You feel like you're in an actual place yeah. when you're watching the movie. You're just like, holy smokes, like, th- does this exist? Let me go <laughs> dive in the ocean real quick because I need to see this with myself. <laughs> I will risk being crushed by the increasing pressure i sure will (laughs) just to get a glimpse of that light uh you bring up uh the marvel stuff you know this is a quick side note but atlantis does look beautiful but i'm very curious how marvel's gonna approach atlantis when it comes to namor yeah i'm I'm very curious if it's gonna be similar to this or if it's gonna be this a stark contrast whether it's something more apocalyptic a bit more dark a bit more horrific you know what i mean because i i need to see namor like it like asap yeah and i need i need namor to be ready he it would be ideal if he was in black panther 2 i think yeah or at least later now if they want to do a black panther 3 or a series he's got to pop up in black panther oh like, my god as i i would be completely down i know he fought in world war ii with the invaders and everything but i'd be down if he was a straight up bad guy in this dude yes yeah i mean him either being in black panther 2 or the villain of that fantastic four film I mean, on God. <laughs> we need Namor. I, I feel like Namor is just cooler as a villain. Like, yeah. g- give us a villain. We already we already got Aquaman over on DC. <laughs> he was rolling with Aquaman. Aquaman 2 will come out soon. So excited. Namor, make him evil. Just, Let's, just yeah. Marvel. Go for it. We got just good Atlantis it. over here. And now we got evil <laughs> Atlantis over here. Yes. <laughs> Good. Let's do it, man. Um, but yeah, you brought up how this is a self-contained story, which is one of the uh, stronger elements of it. And it actually does feed into Aquaman's character. Uh, the fact that he's not calling anyone else and everything. And that was where I was really worried about the casting and take and what I saw in Justice League, because he was very much like uh, Aqua Bro-ish a bit. Uh, which isn't really what we've seen in terms of the comics, in terms of this or that. But that the the him being a loner is very Aquaman, you know, mm-hmm. him being dedicated to Atlantis is very Aquaman, you know, and it, it, it I, I just feel like that strengthens his place for that, that he's not calling Batman, you know, <laughs> like, could you help me out? Like, no, dude, I'm here. I'm, a, I'm enough, right? I mm-hmm. rule most of the planet, right? In the second film, I need him to show up to the UN and be like, like, where's my spot? <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, like in that second film, He's got to be Aquaman as we know him, because yeah. at this point, we've, we've had the origin story. We've had the doubtful adult who became the stoic king. He's got to be showing up like, I'm Aquaman, bro. Like, yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> that was what bothered me a little bit about Justice League with his character, like the bro stuff. I was like, yeah. all right, hold on. <laughs> like Aquaman is a stoic king-like character. Like he is a monarch. Like yeah. when Aquaman comes around, people are like, my king, my like. He is a, a monarch. Yeah. At the sense of the word, at the deepest sense of the word. So I'm like, he needs to come up, have that tried and ready to go like he did in the movie. Yeah. And let's talk, y'all. Like, <laughs> they're going to see and see that. That's something funny they can play off in Justice League, too, is be like, homie grew up. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, like, Flash tries to make a joke and is like, I'm not that kind of guy anymore, bro. <laughs> What's so funny? You just. Uh, stamps to try it in the ground <laughs> uh well one thing you brought up in your review which i thought thought was a really interesting point was how 
and and I think it was something your your friend had told you that you found that Jason Momoa gave a much more humbling performance than in Justice League 2017. Could yeah. you expand on what you meant by that? Because I do think that's interesting. Because I think in the 2017, it was just kind of this, and 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 that also is due to not exploring the character enough. Right. But just the the impact he had on me from that 2017 was very bro-ish, very surfer dude, very mm-hmm. uh, ha, ha, like, and a, a little cockiness. Right. And it was just kind of like, this isn't very Aquaman. This isn't very him versus where in this we get to see self-doubts. We get to see him have right before he gets the trident, him have that conversation with the the sea creature (laughs) saying, I might not be fit for the king, but I'm who this world needs. Yeah. And it was just like, holy crap. Like that's somebody who wasn't like, you know, the bro we got in the last movie at all. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, you know, he wasn't like, well, I, I have the, the right to the trident. It's me. No, he was very <laughs> much like, I need to do this because I believe in love in my people. Yeah. And that was that was just so, like I said, humbling mm-hmm. because of somebody who doesn't even view them themselves as a monarch, as somebody that deserves to sit on the throne even. But they just want to protect their family and they want to be exactly what his mother said they needed, a hero. Mm-hmm. And it was just a much better performance. I mean, man, that 2017 Justice League, it just, it didn't really get the characters correct with anybody. Well, how do you think it'll differ in the Snyder Cut? Because that's obviously set before this Aquaman film. And it's that similar period, but there are going to be different events taking place near the end, obviously. How do you think... Uh, his personality will differ. Will it be more aqua bro-ish or just uh, more of the stoic type of personality? I think it could be a blend of both. And Mm -hmm. I think it could potentially give us a little bit of explanation as to why he was that way, because I kind of took it as he might've even been a little bit younger and just a little less experienced. So he kind of maybe showed a different personality with the justice league than he would with anyone else. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm very excited to explore in this movie is like Aquaman before like the actual Aquaman before his movie, like, give us a little bit of how he got where he was. Like, I mean, we just didn't get any really anything in that movie from him besides that little peace with Mira. Like, I want to see a little bit more of that if we can. I want to see like what, what, where he came from, but obviously I know, but I want to see from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I just want to see a little bit more about his character, who he is. Just give us a little, and I think Zach will give us some more because I mean it's going to be four hours, so I'm assuming we'll get a little, I, little bit more. I would be mad as hell if he didn't do any of that with a four-hour movie, dude. Right? Like I need some, I need some origin stories with uh, Arthur Barry. I need some. I know we're going to get some more cyborg. Oh, you so have like, to. We got to get some more from them because I mean, what came out before Justice League? Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, and BVS. And Suicide Squad. Yep, and Suicide Squad, and nobody else in the Justice League was explored. So give yeah. us some more. Give me, give me something good, man. Yeah. Um, you brought up that sea monster when she was talking all that mess to uh, Arthur. Funny enough, I learned quite l- later that that sea monster was voiced apparently by Julie Andrews. Really? Yeah, I was actually I was shocked when I heard that. I was like. Mer- Mary Poppins? <laughs> right. I didn't even put two and two together. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, speaking about this cast, right? You got insane. Like, let's list off some of the cast members. You got 
uh, Jason Momoa, Willem Dafoe, Patrick Wilson, uh, uh, what was it? Dolph Lundgren, Nicole Kidman, yeah. uh, Tamara Morrison. I'm like, you just got a stacked up cast. You won. You won. Yeah. You. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I look at, I compare the other ones, the other films, and I'm like, they didn't have the star power that Aquaman did. Right. Like, yeah. I, I want to, it's just like every character in Aquaman was just like <laughs> somebody who was very known. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing that it was Aquaman that they, they were like, yeah, let's all, let's all go for that one. Right. It wouldn't be like Wonder Woman or, I mean, and even Momo himself, you know him as Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones. Yeah. So it's like, even he brings a little bit of star power to this and it's just like, dude, you've got him, Kidman, Defoe, that right there, mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson. Like, those are some big, big names. Yeah, it's big talent. Like, man, Shazam, not, not even Shazam. Like, none of the other ones really yeah. have that just gravitas of star power in it. It's just so powered. And yeah. I want. I wish we got a little bit more Will Defoe, but Aquaman too. Yeah, Aquaman too. The Snyder Cut, he's in there. Yep. You know? <laughs> Willem Dafoe with his, his crazy ass face I need it <laughs> And that bun bro <laughs> That bun <laughs> I, I was surprised man I was actually Oh and shocked. Yaya Abdul-Mateen Oh and, dude uh, don't even get me Black started Manta. So good Dr. Manhattan <laughs> Dr. Manhattan yeah, was... and Night Owl 2 were working together again in Aquaman Ooh. <laughs> Fantastic um, This is See, I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I can only f- imagine how you're starting to feel just having watched it like an hour ago or so, you know? I needed a fresh run, too, because I recall seeing it before and I was like, it's good, but it's not my favorite. Now I'm kind of like, I might need to reconsider this list. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, I mean, my goodness. Su- such a such a great exploration of a character. And I... Mm-hmm. I know I said it earlier, but it's just so well self-contained. Yeah. And and it's ironic because it's all over the world, you know? <laughs> right. You would think he could potentially pop in a Wonder Woman or Flash or nope. They're like, this is strictly an Aquaman story. Yeah. No bumping into anybody. Th- thank you. Thank you for doing so. You yeah. proved you proved it. You proved him. <laughs> and isn't it? Is it one of the high? Yeah, it's it grows the Billy. Yeah, no, it was unbelievable. <laughs> you know how how much this movie just won. You yeah. know, I, I mean, there were sure there were critics that were like, oh, I don't know about it. It's kind of this and that, you know. But like the fact that it made that much money, an Aquaman movie made that much money, is kind of unbelievable. It's the Matrix. You told me that twenty years ago that an Aquaman movie would gross over a billion dollars. I would not believe you at all. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me to go back to the comic store. Okay, yeah. Go, right. <laughs> it, why don't you start investing in Aquaman and, and buy more of those comics? Maybe one day. <laughs> one day. Uh, but you brought up Mr. Yaya, and we got to talk about Black Manta up in this crew. I mean, I was actually excited because the look of it, first of all, I couldn't believe that they actually did this look. Um, a look that is iconic but silly in comics when when you try to you know conceive it in real life they made it work they even show the original like design for the helmet in the film mm-hmm. it's there <laughs> and it's 
what put that on you know i'm fine with just that right it's kind of like seeing an end game the ant-man helmet uh with uh, uh michael douglas in the background it's like yeah oh my god <laughs> uh this casting i thought was great uh what was the actor's name again yaya abdul mateen okay phenomenal phenomenal performance phenomenal actor uh he was in an episode of black mirror that i thought was really interesting where uh, did you ever see this episode yeah. where it was this virtual relationship he had with anthony mackie mm-hmm. uh and it, like they're both playing this fighter game and then they just develop this romantic relationship right through it. it doesn't exist outside of the game yeah yeah, yeah. and anthony mackie's character is uh, married he has a family and everything but he uses this game as an affair a, a, a possible exit point for affair very fascinating stuff and he's great in that episode he mm-hmm. was in the watchman series on hbo as dr manhattan so good yeah <laughs> Th- this guy is a, a rising talent i think what what did you think of him in aquaman loved so mm-hmm. that was one thing they really did well was Black Manta, the suit, yeah, the, the laser beams from the eyes. But what they really got right was the personality and the hate for Aquaman. Yeah. He loathes Aquaman at all times. His <laughs> sole mission is always to take down Aquaman, no matter what media is in, whether that's Justice League, Young Justice, any of the comics. He wants to take down Aquaman, mm-hmm. and he was just absolutely bloodthirsty. Yeah. And I part of you could see where he was coming from. The mm-hmm. thing about villains is they always whatever their motive is, it's always just over the top. Because I mean, if he wasn't a villain, he could have just like said like, dude, like let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> you I I feel like you're responsible for killing my father. But when I rewatched it, because before this rewatch, I was kind of like, ooh, he kind of did. But I mean, it was his dad who shot at him and the ocean came through. Mm-hmm. And then he just said, like, you know, let pray to the ocean that this doesn't take you guys away. Man, it was just what a moment that was between him and his father and yeah. him just swearing to kill Aquaman. And those little moments where Patrick Wilson's ocean master is trying to work with him and he's just like, I don't need this gold. I don't need any rewards. My reward is killing Aquaman. Like yeah. <laughs> his sole motive is to kill Aquaman. And I yeah. love that they touch on that this rivalry has been in his family lineage mm-hmm. and that the the battle between his family and the sea has carried on for so long. It just, it's such a great character and Yaya Abdul just killed it. Absolutely yeah. killed it. And man, when, when Aquaman gets rid of him and, and then we get that post credit, he's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> he's about to be back ready in Aquaman too. Which, and and it was a little concerning at first before seeing the movie because it's like, dang, you bring in two of Aquaman's biggest, where are you going to go after that? But I like that there was a little involvement, only a little bit of involvement in uh, with Black Manta here. Because then it's like, you can bring him back, he can be the next big bad, or he can even keep popping up in the movies, which that's a mistake Marvel tends to make is they bring the villain and then boom, they're killed or mm-hmm. disposed of immediately. I like the notion of a villain that always comes back. And that's what's so good about this Black Manta appearance is it is quick. It is one scene where they where he uses the eyes, but we're going to get more of him. He's yeah. coming back. Oh, my God. That that excites me. What One of my favorite, one of my favorite, I'll, I'll say one of my, because there are a couple different ones, but one of my favorite scenes in the film 
is the opening where you do see the uh, the birth, as it were, of Black Manta. Uh, a very heartbreaking scene, you know, because of all the, uh, you see a lot of the relationship between him and his father in such a short little piece, but it's very effective because, I, I mean, Aquaman, he's pretty cold in that moment. You know, he just lets them die. You know, it's like, yeah, sure, you got a shot to live and everything, but I'm not betting on it. I'm not betting on your, your surviving this. And yeah, I mean, I love the rapport he had with his father in that moment where he's like, no, you need to live so you can kill that son of a bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of down with this. Can, like, can it be about him? <laughs> <laughs> can we get a black Manta movie? Like? Yeah. I mean, they, they did announce a couple years ago. Uh, uh, they're working on like a trench spinoff, a spinoff about the trench, like horror tech. Yeah, they, I had heard yeah. about that make that about black manta like oh like that would be phenomenal man oh my god and you get james wan back on that oh my god like yeah or master already like boom just throw him right on that <laughs> yeah yeah he's ab absolutely a beast yaya is a beast black manta was crazy i love that suit i love the the I love the sequences where you see him building and testing out the weaponry yeah. uh, you know it reminded me a lot of um uh, the first Iron Man film where you get to see in the mm. caves him build Tony Stark built this in a cave <laughs> <laughs> with a box of scraps. <laughs> you know, oh, I love man. those sequences, man. Stain, what a, another villain, an example of a villain who I thought, wow, what a cool villain. Jeff Austin Bridges aside. as a super villain. <laughs> <laughs> the dude, the dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I actually recently rewatched um, Big Lebowski, and I'm like, I love this, but I still can't believe Jeff Bridges was a warmonger. I know, or, right? Uh, <laughs> Ironmonger is that what he's called? Yeah. Who would think he would become Ironmonger and Iron Man? Like, holy smokes! Incredible work, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Speaking of villains, of main antagonists, right? I have to bring up, I have to bring up Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. Uh, look at this shot. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. This uh, this costume is the costume from comic books. One thing I love about this film that is reflected within the costume work, which we will get into more so after this. Uh, I love that it doesn't take itself that seriously. You know, it's not like this whole, like this, this super dramatic thing. There are obviously stakes, but th they have the color. They have the costumes. They have the crazy music. They have, I think they have pit bull play in one moment of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Aquaman has fun. He's like, redheads, am I right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> when like, they clash and the water just like splashes the audience and they like look at each other and they look back and there's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking about and it's reflected completely with uh ocean master so what did you think about ocean master in the film he's got his his problems he has hatred for aquaman what did you think about him so on my first watch i thought and by the way this recent watch is like my second watch of aquaman so <laughs> i hadn't even seen aquaman since back when it came out but when i first saw i was like really patrick wilson i don't know like <laughs> uh but on this recent rewatch, I was like, man, just like at uh, just like um, Black Manta, he had a gripping hate for Arthur, man. 
And what and what I liked about their dynamic is that even when they were at each other's throat and mm-hmm. he was ready to battle Aquaman, Aquaman steps forward to him and says, wow, I remember learning that I had a little brother and I really looked forward to getting to know him. Like, and it was just like, there's that opposite dynamic right there. Somebody who just actually cares about his brother and how hateful and vengeance driven he's become versus ocean master. who was just bent on ridding the world of him. I mean, just step aside. I'm the King. I'm the one true ruler. Yeah. And another example of a villain whose intentions may, may be pretty understandable, but they just take it way too far. Yeah. Approaching things with diplomacy and with actual actual conversation and trying to find a solution, he was just ready to go to war with the the surface, like just yeah. And let's it's go. like wow. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Wilson did a great job. I like the suit. I don't love it though. I kind of wish that it was just maybe a little <laughs> updated. I know, I know, because it does look like the. It looks exactly like the comic book suit. It does. It looks exactly like it. Something about Black Manta and Aquaman suit just really work. Yeah. I don't know what it was about Ocean Master. Maybe it was the headpiece for me. But yeah. I was just like, I don't know. I wish there was just a little bit of a modern update. Well, it did seem, one. it did feel very uh, kind of CG in the way that yeah. the others did, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. The others felt authentic and they felt like an actual suit and a believable right. suit. And then I think for me, it was just the headpiece. The, okay. the chest, everything else was was fine. It was just the headpiece looked a little too CGI. And I would have liked maybe, it, maybe it could have been a little less shiny. I don't know. It was just throwing me <laughs> off a little bit. But I think Ocean Master himself, really cool performance. Yeah. Great performance by Patrick Wilson. I mean, that's that's exactly who Ocean Master is. Yeah, that's who he is. He calls him the half-breed. He believes <laughs> he's the supreme because he is the full blood. Like, it's... It's perfect. It was perfect. I, Straight I, up bigot. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I'm like, this guy hates Arthur, man. But, I, you know, one thing that I thought maybe just one little detail, uh-huh. he wasn't really as shocked that he had the trident. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, wouldn't he kind of be like blown aback at the yeah. fact that like Arthur, the half breed, has the, the trident? Like, I kind of thought that was maybe one opportunity, but it's small, very small detail. Yeah. Just some some kind of like shock or like what you have you have the trident like you mm-hmm. like but it didn't seem like that was really in his plan anyway so yeah and he I mean that that fool can't talk to fish see this is where talking <laughs> to fish comes in handy all right you get to rule the ocean <laughs> yeah he just like like Aquaman when he confronts the sea creature he's just like the sea creature's like you can understand me. I know, right? Like a pivotal dramatic point. Like he's about to die, but the joke saved him. Right? <laughs> wait, um, wait, what? You can you can understand me, huh? And I know you brought up that headpiece, how it how it didn't look uh too, you know, uh convincing. I agree, but I'm gonna go to the beach in a couple of weeks and I, I will be wearing that headpiece uh when it goes perfection into the water. So. It'll look better on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be made out of tinfoil. <laughs> Um, man, one thing I want to bring up was that Ocean Master is obviously the brother and mortal enemy of Arthur, someone who's a victim of the stagnant rules and views that Atlantis imposes on their young. And like we mentioned, he has a deep hatred for surface dwellers, which is then transferred to uh, Arthur, that's what they call him, Aqua Arthur. Um, 
but he does bring up some points that do make him a compelling villain i think Mm -hmm. the treatment of the ocean uh oil spillages you know uh pollution what are earthlings doing (laughs) to our planet like our people are dying they're being poisoned they're being killed like diseases are happening down here you know this is not good we have to do something and yeah like what (laughs) what did he say that was wrong you know his his execution is is questionable at best but he really did remind me of uh eric killmonger in black panther you know where he was bringing up all these valid points of contention with people but by the end of the day you know killmonger wanted to start a race war and i what what's the name Uh, ocean master wanted to cause genocide you know Mm -hmm. so it it does make you feel certain ways that are like oh man what am i god right like i want to side with you but man you just take it too far just a dick (laughs) (laughs) you know they always have a really really great villain Mm-hmm. Always has a good motivation, but a horrible execution. There's always <laughs> this mo- this this motive that you can it's, you can understand. It's mm-hmm. as you're saying, the ocean is being tainted. There's the scene towards the beginning of the movie where that tank is just flying through, and it's like, yo, that potentially killed tons of sea life. Yeah, and he just like wrecks through it, and you understand a little bit where he's coming from. Why? Yeah way it is but it's just like it's just too far just like with killmonger it's like he came with the motive to share the resources with the world which they didn't need to do the world needed those resources needed those the valuable technology and knowledge and wisdom that wakanda had to offer but he wanted to take it too far and cause a race war and it's just like it's that execution man that they just always go over the top but that but a good villain always does have a understandable motive i won't always say a good motive but an understandable (laughs) one yeah well i mean one of my favorite lines in black panther was when uh he was in charge and he told wakabi get rid of this fool like (laughs) (laughs) he said something along the lines of that he like he put he brought like oakland to wakanda at that point (laughs) i was like yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) oh my god i love killmonger um so yeah, Ocean Master, chill, bruh. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that we brought up slightly, which is phenomenal when it comes to this film. One of the most beautiful parts of the film, in my opinion, are the costumes. Mm-hmm. My God. Absolutely. Just look at this. Look at this. That's, <sighs> that's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, I could definitely feel the comic influence of there, but mm-hmm. there are certain costumes and, and uh, pieces that people wear that reminds me a little bit of Lord of the Rings. Like some of the guards would wear these chest pieces of armor yeah. and stuff, helmets. Uh, wh- how did you feel about this? Loved, man. I mean, just Aquaman and Mira, those costumes are straight out of the comic books, man. Yeah. Like they're another, another really good thing that Aquaman does they just got these costumes extremely, extremely accurate. 
and mm-hmm. and what's crazy is you know they modernize the colors a little bit they're a little more muted in tone like they're not as bright as they would be in say a 60s run of aquaman as opposed to now but they it, they just look so believable and so convincing and they're just so well done i mean look at those little scales on on aquaman's mm armor and the gloves the the cool like crystallized gauntlet that comes out of the gloves so cool yeah. mira with the 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 onesie it looks mm. really good with the aqua the the atlantis logo in the middle it's awesome man i mean they just did a hell of a job with these costumes and also even with black manta like we saw earlier great costume they all look comic book accurate and they all yeah. look heavily inspired by the comics and when i saw jason momoa's aquaman in that i was like 90s aquaman baby here we are <laughs> this is it right here yeah. hook hand that's all you need my man you got the long hair got the beard and mustache all you need is the the hook hand and you pretty much had the exact same look as that aquaman he was shirtless a lot of the time but yeah very accurate very accurate look here yeah you, you had me at onesie um yeah this is incredible this is probably some of my favorite costuming in comic book films since something like uh the original spider-man which i think is probably one of the most insane uh comic book costumes to bring to the still the best spidey costume man. yeah (laughs) yeah i mean my god that especially for the time that it came out because you had the x-men movies coming out at that time where it's like you want a yellow leotard (laughs) i mean they did aquaman man you're not gonna give me wolverine or cyclops or anything come on now Uh, this i feel like this further uh explains visually as to why comic book films should be when it's good enough should be nominated for best costuming at the oscar like i'm yeah why has that not happened right because the it's literally the idea of taking something from a page visualizing it and adapting it for real life and some of the costumes that they have given us in these movies incredible incredible dude dr strange spider-man like you brought or uh, we both uh, elaborated on uh i'm the one that i need to see in the future and that aquaman gave me hope for seeing is uh mr miracle and big barda oh my god <laughs> yes that <laughs> would be I mean? accurate dang it like oh my god it'll look so good yeah i mean what yeah th- how do you feel do you think that they should be nominated more often and what's an what's an example that you think should have been uh, in the past yeah i definitely think so because i mean <laughs> mainstream movie going is is comic book films right and you know i thought it was i actually thought it was a good idea and definitely a hot take because people were up in arms about it but when they released the popular movie category in the oscars when they were going to roll with that and then they rescinded that that option i thought what a great way to just celebrate the actual movies that people are going to see. And that's not to say that the films at the Oscars aren't seen movies because remember black Panther had a hell of a sweep back in 2018. Yeah. But I'm just saying like movies like mission impossible, infinity war, what else was up for that year? And uh, I don't think Aquaman was in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It was spider verse. But so yeah. Well, I don't, I think that was animated. So that wasn't the end, but it was like a popular movie category and they had some films up there. And I was like, okay, like 
this is if it's one award it could say <laughs> okay the popular the blockbuster movie category i yeah. thought that was a brilliant idea mm-hmm. i'm i'm one of the only but i thought it was <laughs> such a good idea to say hey these are those box office busters that people got which one was like the coolest produced and well and most well-rounded film out of all of them yeah that's a great point you bring up how that th- yes this is the the movie it's one of the many movies that are keeping film movie theaters or were keeping movie theaters alive at the time, you know, and they obviously are getting very compensated money wise. Obviously they're making the most money, but, and I hate to say this, but something like Romy by Alfonso Cuaron isn't keeping theaters open, yeah. you know? And Roma, it was on or Netflix. Roma, I'm and sorry. It's, and, no, no, you're fine. And and, and you got to ask yourself, it's like, have more people seen The Favorite or Shazam? Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, that's why I like that popular movie category because it does talk, it would have talked about the popular films that, okay, here's this category where people actually know most of the movies. So right. they would, if people did tune into the Oscars, they would say, finally, some movies I've seen. Like, right. Because a lot of the time people don't watch the Oscars because it is, uh, unfortunately, for the broad movie going audience, movies they haven't seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on a release weekend when you got The Favorite and and this is just hypothetical, but you got The Favorite, Roma and, and Shazam all showing. Everybody's going to Shazam. Right, right. And that's not to say the other two movies aren't brilliant. They are, but that's just the popular blockbuster movie. And they, man, it got so much backlash. They said, <laughs> nope, forget it. well i think people uh on the outside of the like the hollywood scene probably feel that there is a disdain amongst like academy members and stuff towards those genre films um which is unfortunate because those are the ones that are keeping (laughs) the movie theater business going you know yeah (laughs) Uh, primarily it's unfortunate that there's that disdain i know there's the criticism oh there's nothing to it i mean we all saw what martin scorsese said in 2019 um but there's there's a complete balance I feel like and an example of that balance was Joker of that year right comic book movie but was appreciated by a lot of cinephiles mm-hmm. you know but all I'm asking for are costumes all right, right. <laughs> you know? right. All, that's all I'm asking for I'm not asking for best picture or best cinema or whatever costumes <laughs> Captain right. America I mean, it's just like some, right it's like Cap. I mean, any Iron Man, any of the MCU movies, you could just say, hey, this could be not Guardians of the freaking Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just like any and, and, and you had Suicide Squad win. And I was, you know, I understood why. But I was just like, man, right. Aquaman, Black Panther, all these films, they didn't. But Suicide Squad did. <laughs> you know, it's just honestly, most of the comic book movies that are in the top or upper tier could totally be nominated for costuming. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. At least I, a nomination. At least. At least. I'm not even asking for the win. Right. Just the <laughs> nomination. Yeah. They typically will squeeze in the VFX. So it's like, come on. Right. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. What? The Danish girl is going to take over Aquaman? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, Django Unchained is a different story. I like the costumes in Django Unchained. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Any I love Tarantino that blue PC movie. board. <laughs> Any Tarantino movie, man. I Yeah. I love yeah. the costumes. Yeah. Yeah. See, that. 
we, we know we know uh imagine the the one that breaks through is actually if they make a plastic man movie and it's plastic man and he's in that same jumpsuit oh and he gets an oscar nod i mean like, yes i'm okay we made with it, that baby we made it plastic man <laughs> let's make it let's and uh, also for visual effects because plastic man has to like turn himself into yeah stuff. yeah yeah you, you leo knows that's why he's here <laughs> um one thing i wanted to bring up very, a very cinematic quality to Aquaman. We were talking about the Oscars. One thing that is huge at the Oscars is cinematography. And my goodness, my good goodness. Here we are. Here we are. Let me show you oh, right God. now some of the shots we got here. Please. Yes. Yeah. Oh so, my God. So these are just some of the shots in Aquaman. I have the name of the uh, cinematographer. I think he is Don Burgess, I believe his name is, the director of photography on the film. Uh, what do you feel when you see these images? You saw them in motion today. So how were you feeling just looking at the movie? Oh my God, gorgeous, man. Gorgeous, <laughs> look at this. I mean, just, <laughs> it's like, gosh, that trident is gorgeous and King Atlan standing over all the Atlanteans and just, <laughs> What a beautiful shot. I mean, that's something that reminds you of Lord of the Rings right there. Oh, my goodness. And even the bottom left one. Oh, yeah. That one, that one very much screams James Wan. Yeah. <laughs> like that and the trench as well. Very James Wan. And, and what was cool in this movie is totally James Wan stamp. There were jump scares. There were jump scares in Aquaman. I mean, seriously, yeah. uh, Nicole Kidman. Tamara Morrison and uh, of course a young Aquaman, they're sitting on the couch and all of a sudden guards <laughs> from Atlantis bust into the, into the room. And it's like, what? <laughs> like that's a jump scare right there. It is just shot. So magnificently that yeah. scene with the trench, with the one light going down. On oh the my God. Creatures following them. Phenomenal. Gorgeous. Yeah, that, that was actually one of my other favorite scenes where it did turn into a one horror film. Yeah. You know, the, the trench is just, and they're probably more uh, frightening than they are in that book that Jeff Johns wrote. And they're pretty, you know, disturbing in that. But I love that the way, the way that the light is used in those scenes and on top of the water, that's probably my favorite parts of the cinematography, how it's shot. It uses... Because it's all a lot of it is a virtual cinematography, obviously, mm -hmm. but they do have sets that are they're uh, set up with the lights to mimic how light is reflected within water. Yeah. And I thought that was it, it was phenomenal, you know. And on the boat reminded you of a horror movie, yeah, like it was totally like zombies creeping up surrounding you. I mean, I'm like, dude, this is this is Juan's element right here, mm -hmm. this is it, like he was. And I remember hearing about him directing the film. And I'm like, wait, James Wan, like a horse. <laughs> and it's like, you could totally feel that influence right in these scenes. Like the clo the claustrophobia of yeah. those creatures, a trench closing in on him. I mean, before <laughs> they got to the light and they, in the, their, their flare goes out. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Luckily they made the light in time. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring up the guy's name. The director of photography is Don Bruges. Pardon me. Uh, he also shot, he, sh he has an extended career. I was going to say, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he shot Forrest Gump, Castaway, The Book of Eli, 42. Like the guy's been around for quite a long wow. time. And this 
is so different than all those other films, mm-hmm. you know? And I love, I love the way that uh, Forrest Gump is shot. I love the way that uh, Castaway is. It gets this it got similar feelings to the, that scene with the, uh, the trench where it's very frightening, very tight compression yeah. and everything. It, it's crazy how telling his uh, career beforehand fed into uh, this movie. I mean, it's just shot gloriously, and he he's got a heck of a track record. Yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest Book of Eli fan, but shit, it looks great. It yeah. shot well. <laughs> it looked like the end. Yeah, <laughs> the end of everything. Yep. I mean, you felt like you were in post-apocalyptia. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> with Denzel protecting me. I mean, come on. And he also did a flight, by the way, with Denzel Washington. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. So this guy, this guy's a, he's an example. <laughs> those shots those what he he does some good wides that one with king atlin that was awesome oh yeah the the one with king atlin i love the one where um he's uh aquaman is in the middle of the battle and he like lifts his his trident he's like yeah my so man's good. so good yeah the kraken comes from beneath the earth and just he's like standing on top of it with the trident like what the hell this is awesome <laughs> Look, you know how how like how legit this movie is. It got Aquaman riding a seahorse, and the whole theater went insane. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god! Like, it, it totally. You write that down on some paper yeah. and show it to somebody. A casual movie. That, what? <laughs> you see it? Oh my god! You're loving it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm hyped. I'm like, where was he? In the Battle of Mordor, you know what I mean? <laughs> On that same ho- uh, seahorse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Needed, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, one thing that is significant about this film is that it is set after Justice League 2017. It's mm-hmm. completely different than all the other, uh, most of the other films in this uh, catalog that we're going to be talking about through the series. It directly references the events of that film. So, this does tie into one of the questions I had regarding to the Snyder cut when it was announced. And that is how does this tie into the universe or now multiverse? What do you think? So I think it'll kind of have the same effect a little because he does Mira does meet with him and she's like, you know, you defeated Steppenwolf and, Mm -hmm. and I think that's still going to happen. So I, I look forward to that. It just makes me wonder, like, I, I think he's going to get a couple more scenes in this kind of pondering his origin and who he really is. And also, like, give us a little bit more of that the Aquaman that we got in the beginning of the film, kind of questioning Atlantis and what it actually is and whether he should actually return or not. Like, right. I'm hoping that this follows his psyche and where he's at before Aquaman, because he's kind of like in the beginning of that movie is like, yo, these guys exiled my mother, they ex- executed my mother. So he had like a reason to never go down there. Yeah. And I would love a stronger conversation between him and Mira because it was just so quick. And like in, in justice league, he was just, no, I'm not coming back. Like I want him to like face her and say, they took my mother from me. Like yeah. some, I, I need some lines. I need some strong lines. And I haven't seen the 2017 Justice League in a while. So maybe he does <laughs> reference, but just a couple more stronger beats with him and, and Mira and just a little bit more pondering of that origin, a little bit more 
time with that character, which wouldn't take away from the twenty the twenty eighteen Aquaman. It wouldn't take away from any of that. So yeah, I would love to just explore where he's at at that time, mm-hmm. and not so much just just the bro stuff. If, <laughs> if Zach wants to keep that in, which he probably won't, fine. But it's like give us a little bit more of Arthur and where he's at mentally right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one worry that I did have about the Snyder Cut was that some of the stuff that would be in the film and featured heavily in the film uh, regarding Aquaman, maybe even Wonder Woman, could be kind of redundant. That's one worry I did have because we did have a movie heavily about his origin. You know, you see the flashbacks, you see how it ties into the future and everything. It's like, I feel like those worries are justified, but I think I think what you said was a good way of looking at it is that this is a different perspective. You know, this does, it's a different filmmaker completely. This was supposed to come out before Aquaman. So hopefully it can work in that order. You know, hopefully there won't be too much. And I think uh, Zack Snyder would probably realize that. Right, (laughs) right. Because the movie did come out. So hopefully this could be a good exercise in knowing what to cut out of the film, you know? Yeah, hopefully so. And I know that there's going to be like a battle between Steppenwolf and the Atlanteans. Looking forward to that. <laughs> like, get our Atlanteans, man. Like, oh, that's going to be tight. Yeah. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. And then also the, um, the Mascaran. I know that I think there's going to be an extended battle there. Like, let's do it. I'm ready. A much a much uh, darker and uh, more bloody battle, which I'm very curious how that's going to, you know, relay especially in atlantis where you see the blood flowing throughout the water sharks and stuff you know how how dark are we going into atlantis you know depths (laughs) under the sea as it were (laughs) um yeah i i'm very curious and i'm hoping that the snyder cut does uh, meet everyone's excitement you know what i mean because no one wants to go into a film hating it i feel like that's a waste of everyone's time you know i I, that has been a very prominent thing of like people saying you got bias you got this you got that it's like look let's just calm down let's watch the movie you'll like it or you won't right let's just all watch it let's watch it review it put the drama aside let's just Mm -hmm. watch it and and go on and i and i i don't believe that there's anything different than than this but Justice League, this Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to take place before Aquaman, before all that. So uh, I hope it won't actually change any continuity too much. Just be, instead of the Justice League we got in 2017, boom, we've got Zack Snyder's. Mm-hmm. And then if they do a two, if they if they go with the two, which I was a little gripey about, but <laughs> if they do do a second Justice League, give it back to Zack. Like, right. look, we did the same thing with Whedon with the first Avengers and then Age of Ultron. Give it back to Zach. Give it to somebody who actually seems to care about these characters and care about the progression of story and progressing the story in a way that could positively impact these characters. Yeah, that well, that's actually a really interesting point is how the possibility of this movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, making this world timeline make more sense. Right there. What if that does happen where it's like the movie ends and then because it was supposed to come out that way, you know, the movies Mm -hmm. after were planned with this movie in mind, but we got a different direction, obviously, to say it lightly. Um, 
you know, to, to be nice about it. Uh, so I'm very curious if when Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out, maybe it will make this universe make more sense. You know, A little tighter. Yeah. Like kind of coordinate things a little better. I'm hoping so. But it almost... It almost seems like it, it will come out and then it'll have like a Zack Snyder universe and then right. another concurrent. And I kind of hope that they just tie them together. Like, I, I don't really want to run another universe alongside the and then you, you also have Flashpoint, which could potentially reset it all a new Superman. So I kind of hope once the Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out, kind of just kind of ties everything all together in one timeline or if they want to split am i gonna complain no because i'll be there for everyone but i i kind of just hope after Zack snyder's justice league comes out if they want to continue doing a Zack snyder universe just make it be in the dceu con- continuity like have the yeah. continuities running together that would be great i mean yeah. I'm not going to complain at this point. Like I've done some complaining, let me tell you. <laughs> and I, if, if Zack Snyder's justice league is great. Hey, I'll be back for every installment. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Cause I've felt the same way. I've been like, what, what is going on? Oh yeah. God. You know, like, like before, but as the movie comes up closer, I'm just like, <sighs> okay. <We're laughs> just here. show it to me. Just yeah. show it to me. <laughs> you know, here I'm doing these woody noises. Like, <laughs> I mean, we've been waiting almost a year. I know. Wow. Because wow. then this get announced, like this got announced when HBO Max dropped, like not too soon after. And yeah, like, wow, this has been a journey. It has been. I mean, we're on the journey right now. We're on the days yeah. of journey. We are near it, nearing the Snyder cut. And, uh, you know, it'll happen. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's all, uh, Leo. I mean, we both love Aquaman. Do you have any last uh, opinions or thoughts regarding the film and the character's future in uh, the Snyder Cut? I'm just excited to get Aquaman 2. I'm right. very <laughs> excited to see where this story progresses with more of Arthur because there's going to have to be a conflict that comes up with him at, while being king of Atlantis. And I'm so curious as to how the relationship is going to differ when he's the king of Atlantis and the Justice League need him again, how is that relationship going to be different? Because there's definitely going to be less availability on his end as the king mm-hmm. of Atlantis this time. He can't just pick up his motorcycle and go, you know, <laughs> hang out with the Justice League. Like he's got to be a monarch. So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between king of Atlantis as a, and, and the Justice League as opposed to just an Atlantean man in the Justice League. I, I can't wait to see that dynamic. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the future of Aquaman because after this nice rewatch, like I was like, you know, I might have been a little wrong about this before because I, I liked it when I first saw it in theaters. I liked it. I didn't love it, though. And I, I sat back and watched this again. And I'm like, man, I don't know what it is, but with this Man of Steel, a fresh watch really just changed it for me. Yeah. And it has rewatchability, a heavy rewatchable value. So I'm I'm looking forward to the future of Aquaman. I can't wait. And I think he'll I think in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League we'll get some more perspective. I hope so. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh he's definitely one of the things I'm looking forward to, especially after his own film. It's like, okay, give me some more. Give me right. some more. Yeah. I wish he was wearing that cool ass orange costume, but you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> right. That's how I felt. And I think that's why we were all kind of shaky about Momoa. We're like, what, but what about the orange <laughs> green, like the trident? Like, <laughs> and, and then he was like, Oh, Oh, don't worry. 
boom, don't worry. <laughs> right? Bro, we here. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> of course I would make it look good. But <laughs> um, Leo, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on this episode on this hey, thank video. you for having me uh, seriously julius has been a great conversation i gotta get you on the goods man me and we'll get you and angel we all Uh-oh. need to just sit down and have a conversation man the goat movie podcast you guys are doing some great things over here i love the content you guys produce i love your pitches man like oh man keep at it bro thank i'm you. loving them so thank you so much it's been an absolute honor for it's been an honor to be on here man like seriously i've loved you and angel's content and you guys just kill it on YouTube, man. You guys are a great channel. And I, I just, I love you guys' personalities, man. And you guys have great dynamic together too. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to more live streams, more collaborations. And thank you so much for having me, my friend. Oh my God, that that excited me just now. Let's not end it actually. Let's uh, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got a couple more hours in us. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my God. You know, what's funny is that uh, after that live stream Angel did with you on uh, your channel, he told me that <laughs> after you guys ended, you said something like, man, that was, that was a lot. And like, cause it was a, how long was it? An hour and a half? Yeah, I think it was a little over an hour. Yeah. Okay. He told me, man, you, you uh, those guys were, they, they felt that was long. Meanwhile, here we are doing like three hour podcast <laughs> like this. We have a, a Batman versus Superman discussion that is going to be coming out on the day that it comes out. It's, I think it's near three hours, Woo! honestly. So <sighs> it's it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's a little easier on weekends, but on yeah. weekdays, you'd be kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we, we made time to do this because yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, where can these audience members these viewers find your content well guys you can find me over on youtube youtube.com slash geekly goods got a lot coming up in march Zack snyder's justice league the falcon and the winter soldier godzilla versus kong you'll find reviews for that on the channel as well as reactions to episode of the falcon and the winter soldier so guys come on over julius thank you for having me my friend it's been a pleasure uh leo i think you and i should remake the falcon and winter soldier you, you, with you the can, shield yeah you can be falcon i'll be winter soldier let's do it let's do it buck. <laughs> let's do it buck. all right guys thank you so much for listening make sure to share and like and all that youtube stuff that you're used to but however i need you to do one more important thing for me and that is subscribe because once you subscribe we will get to our next goal of ten thousand subscribers and once we get to ten thousand subscribers We'll have enough people for an expedition, a journey to Atlantis. We can fund it finally. Okay, that was, I messed that up, but I'll do better next time. How about that? (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm Julius. That was Leo. Stay safe and goodbye. The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.